Well, I don't know about you, but that was something needed. Whether it was needed for you or not, I, I hope it was needed for you. I know God knows what he's doing, so, and he'll come for just one. So if he done it just for me this morning, I'm thankful. And if you can't, if you can't rejoice in my need being fulfilled, you may not ever rejoice in your own need being fulfilled. So, well... All right, we've been in the hidden identity. We're going to turn from that because um, I feel this is heavy on me, and I want to. We want to talk about this because I. I think there a lot of us have gotten <clears throat> to a point in life, and <clears throat> some of us may have even be experiencing life right now in a in a magnitude that we're not comfortable with. Um, it may be overwhelming to some of us. Um, it may be just new territory for others, um, but whatever your experience is right now, the fear for the church would be that those experiences take place of your first experience. And I want us to remember, I want us to remember what it took for us to become who we are. And this is... Again, I entitled this thing, Worth Remembering. And I believe truly that it is worth remembering. So if you've got your Bibles, let's turn our focus to 2 Timothy chapter 2. I'm just going to read two verses, verses 8 and 9. And, uh, and we're going to unpack this a little bit to, to see what God might have for us. I love the power of the Holy Spirit. You there? All right. Remember that Jesus Christ, whoop, is that, yep, that's right, of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. This is Paul writing to Timothy. For which I suffer trouble as an evil evildoer, even to the point of chains. But the word of God is not chained. It's not chained. Paul was reminding Timothy here to, as if it was really needed. He's reminding Timothy to remember Jesus Christ. You know, and to me that, that sounds kind of crazy that, that he would even think that it's something that he would need to remind Timothy about. We're talking about Timothy. He, he shouldn't... Whether it, was, uh, whether it was needed or whether it wasn't needed, that, that's a question that still stands. But if, Timoth if Timothy was anything like you and I, the possibilities of Timothy maybe not forgetting Jesus Christ, but forgetting the meaning and the purpose behind it was definitely something that was possible. Because you and I, we've walked through life even up to this point in our life. And I, and I would dare to say that most of us that have accepted Christ into our life, that we have had other experiences through life. And through those other experiences in life, 
that experience that we once had with Christ, when we, when we surrendered totally to Him, that experience, I believe, would wane over time based on the other experiences in life that we experience as we grow. Let me explain. How many of you ever had a special moment in your life? Like one that just, it was like, wow. How many of you think on that special moment every day of your life? Why? Because you come to find a new experience. You come to find a, a new wow. You come to find something that was grand in that moment or in that season in your life. And that one thing that you thought so, so highly of that one week has now become an afterthought. Oh, you haven't, I'm not saying that you forgot it. I'm just saying that you don't choose to remember it daily. I'm just saying that you don't give way to that. And that you don't set any type of weight to that as much as you once did when it first happened. And this is what Paul was telling Timothy. Timothy, listen, I want you to remember Jesus Christ because it is Jesus Christ that has got us to where we are. It's because of Jesus Christ that we have an opportunity to even preach a gospel. If it wasn't for Jesus Christ, there would not have been a gospel to preach. Timothy, remember Jesus Christ. And I think that's what he would be saying to the church today is church. Remember Jesus Christ. Not sit back and, and remember him as, yeah, I remember that. No, remember Jesus. He's saying, I don't want you to take this as a, as, a, as a moment to remember. I want you to live your life in remembrance. Timothy, don't let the day go by. That you're not thinking and that you're not prayerfully wandering, wondering, not wandering, but wondering on Jesus Christ. Don't, don't let that moment skirt by you because you've become busy with another event in your don't don't allow don't allow life. Don't, don't allow circumstance, don't allow issue, don't allow argument, don't allow sickness, don't allow finance, don't allow the world to take its residence in your life to the point that you don't remember. Gee, Timothy, remember Jesus Christ. Remember that, remember that he was God's only son and he was, he was sent from heaven. And he, he rested in earth. Not only did he rest in earth, but when he came, he took on our human body. Oh, there's scripture that actually talks about. I was going to try to stay on notes. I really need to. Because I don't. I, listen, this is worth remembering. And, and, and I, I don't want to excite your emotion to the point that you just left and you heard big mouth preaching I, I i want you to leave with your hearts pricked by the conviction of the holy spirit because these are worth memory even though it sent, seemed a little unnecessary he still wants timothy to not forget what paul was saying 
was to make a conscious effort. A conscious effort to keep the awareness of Christ to the forefront of his mind. Have you, have you, ever, have you ever been sidetracked in your Christianity, in your, in your walk of faith? Have you ever been sidetracked that Jesus was still there, but he was there? Not that you were going to go to hell. I'm not saying you lost your Christianity because Jesus left the forefront and went to the... I'm just saying that, that the, the love and the compassion that you once had for Jesus wasn't as exciting as it once was. Have you ever become bored with anything? And I'm going to try, try not to get off track. But that's why a lot of people don't come to church. Because they get bored. Because what they have done. Oh, thank you. They've allowed that once that was a relationship to fall into. It's just an action now. It's just, it's Sunday. We're just going to go to church. It's, it's Sunday. That's just, that's what we, we just, we go to church on Sunday. That's what we do. So we get hung up and it becomes habitual. You have people that won't miss a Sunday in church because they've done it for so long. When they do miss a Sunday, they feel like filth. They think they're going to go to hell because they missed a Sunday. I'm not giving you, <laughs> y'all look at me. I ain't giving you permission to miss no Sunday at church. You get your hind ends to church. But he's, he's wanting Timothy to, to realize that there, there stands a possibility for you to set aside Jesus and who he was as God's son, the son of God, and man's son, the son of man. He, he said there's a possibility that you can, that you can, this thing can get squeezed out. Because you're, Timothy, you're going to have so many events in life that there's going to be experience after experience after experience after experience that you become familiar with. And next thing you know, this experience overwhelms the experience of Jesus Christ. Come on. Look, I'm trying not to preach. But you have to pay attention to me this morning. I'm, I'm trying really hard not to preach. Because I, I want you to hear this. But this is what's going on with the church now. We've allowed the experiences of the world and everything in it to squeeze out that experience that we once had with Jesus Christ when we were first introduced by the Holy Spirit. Because it was a point in time in your life you dare not miss a moment that somebody was preaching. You dare not miss a moment of somebody teaching. You dare not give someone your undivided attention that was talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ because you were scared that you were going to miss something and you wanted to know more about this God that you had given your heart to and that you had chose to serve. And he's saying, Timothy, if you aren't careful, 
you too can forget. You too will not lay focus. So this morning I'm, I'm pleading on behalf of heaven. Remember Jesus Christ. Don't let everything else supersede. If it were not for Jesus, the gospel would not be. If the gospel would not be, salvation would not be. Salvation is the power unto God to salvation. That's how people, that's how people come to know the truth. And the love of God. That's how people become to, that's how they know. is because of the gospel being preached. And people begin to get their hearts convicted by the Holy Spirit. And he moves them to a place. To a place that fulfills the need in which they have. And see, we don't. If we aren't careful, we'll think that the only, the only thing that the Holy Spirit is going to do is convict them to salvation. But the Holy Spirit will actually come and perform God's word on their life even though they're not saved. Why? To show them the goodness. It's the goodness of God. Church, don't forget. Don't forget Jesus. I believe this is one of the reasons why Jesus implemented the communion to the church. He said as often as you do this. Do this in. Well you can't, you can't tell me that God doesn't have this thing worked out. He, he had it finished before it started. And Jesus said look man. If I, if I can get you to partake in this cup. And this bread, and you do it in remembrance of me, the likelihoods of the power of our relationship fading will be limited. Because the church doesn't talk about it anymore. The church talks about how you feel and how we can make you feel better. What you do and how we can help you do it better. How you give and how we can make you give better. Y'all with me? I didn't lose you, did I? Have I lost you because we're talking about the gospel? Don't forget Jesus. There were three things that Paul actually pulled out and spoke to Timothy on this. and I think we want to take time and mention them. He, he, he told Timothy, Timothy, remember that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead? If... if if the story of Jesus would have ended with his crucifixion, 
then all power would have been left in the hands of man and the rulers of darkness. But thanks be to God that Jesus was raised from the dead. And don't, don't look at it as an, a, an objective reality. See, I learned something with you. But also as a living, continuing presence in his daily life. We, we, have, to, we have to find a way in our life as Christian people to walk in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Have you ever really thought, what does the resurrection mean to you? It's a sign of victory, is it not? And if you, if you were accepted in the beloved, you too have victory. You too walk in a resurrected life. You're no longer a slave to sin. You too walk in victory in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. This is things worth remembering. We are not defeated, though we're pressed on all sides. Though we struggle with this and with that, we are still victorious. Can I tell you that if you leave this world with nothing, you didn't lose a thing because you came into it with nothing. And everything that you gain in this time, vanity, vanity, all. It, you can't take it with you. I told her, that we was talking something about money. I said, I can't take it with me. And we left the house. We're, I don't even know where we was going. We was going to do something. We was going to spend money. That's exactly, baby, that's exactly where we was going. I needed to teach, daddy needed the t-shirt. You can't take it with you. Now look, I ain't, I'm not telling you to get. I'll, I'll never ask you to do as I do. Not when it comes to that. Because see, I'm going to live out my conviction. I'm going to walk out my own salvation in fear and trembling. And if I'm crazy enough to believe that daddy will always handle us, you leave me alone. You, you can do what you want. Don't sit across my kitchen table and tell me how stupid I am about my finances. Just don't do it. Daddy handles me. Now, does that mean I'm stupid? Nope. I'm not stupid with my money. I told a guy the other day, I, we're not ignorant with it. We put a lot out. But a lot of what we put out go to others. Never mind. We a seed sower. See, I, I can't plant a garden with David because David, he puts three, three kernels of corn in a hole. Is that how many put in there? Frugal. <laughs> Two. You have not because you ask not. Put three in there next year and watch what happens. 
put he puts two in that little hole and covers that thing up. I ain't sowing no seed like that. I can't plant in the garden like him. I... You better give everything in your life. Don't forget that he raised from the dead. Paul says it like this in 1 Corinthians 15. He says, and if Christ is not risen, if he's not risen, then our preaching is empty. And your faith is empty also. If you don't believe... That Jesus Christ raised from the dead. Why are you in church? Why do you even try? See, I'm, I'm going to challenge some Christians. The ones that are sitting on the couch at home. They go push play button on it. They can, they can turn me off at home. That's why they don't come. They said, I don't want to hear that. They Come on up in the church this morning, YouTube and Facebook. But if, 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 if he hasn't risen from the dead, why do we do what we do? Man, we could go motorcycle riding on Sunday. That's pretty nice. But no, 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 no. We're going to church. Why? Because we believe that Jesus raised from the dead and I believe that my faith is not empty I, I, I believe that the word and the gospel that is being preached is not empty I believe that it will not return to him void Timothy is also reminded he said Timothy remember Jesus Christ Descended from David. Remember this, Timothy. That the one that you serve has been in your shoes. He ain't like that. I gotta be careful. He ain't like that counselor that's been divorced five times. Trying to counsel me on why I should get a divorce. Oh, I'm telling you the truth. We'd have been there. It wasn't five, it was four. Same difference. You know, don't tell me how to keep my marriage together, Miss Linda. If you've had to experience it 12 times. Now, now listen, I'm not, okay, cliff note, so that you get off of your little, I'm offended. Pony. Just because it took you 12 times, I'm not calling you a bad person. I'm just saying, Lord of mercy, if you'd have learned with the first or the second one, you probably. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying. Listen, I'm just telling, because we are all, see, if we ain't careful, Miss Linda, Mr. Charlie, now don't you go home thinking this, Mr. Charlie, because you'll get. 
How many years you've been married, Miss Linda? I'm going to ask you because I don't want Charlie getting in trouble. 48? Jesus. Now, just because you've been married for 48 years, let me, can, nope, because, uh-uh, I know how the enemy works, too. Got you. I don't care how many years you've been married. That doesn't mean that you'll never. Come on. I... One day you'll drop your hat on the floor and get caught off guard. I'm just, listen, I'm just, I'm trying to help you. Because we'll bend over and look for a hat next thing. Man, we done got clipped. The enemy done jumped in. And we standing there with an empty tray going, what happened? Look, ain't nobody better than anybody else. I'm, I'm not giving you these examples of, of marriage stuff to, to say that one's better. I'm not telling you that. I'm just telling you, I'm going to use some godly wisdom and I'm going to go to somebody that's been married for 48 years and I'm going to say, Miss Linda, how in the world do you tolerate Charlie? Because I think Debbie's having a rough time with me. See, I'm setting her up to go talk to her. Blame it on her. It's her fault. But this is what will happen. We have to be extremely careful. But he said, he's, he's been in your shoes, Timothy. He's gone through it. And look what he done with it. Look at how he came out. Oh, walked in a sinful body without sin. Tell me how that's possible. Make you think. He's in the same. He's probably more fit than me and you. <laughs> but he still walked in our bodies. And he didn't sin. And we doing it every day. <laughs> getting mad every time we do it to go out back and beat a tree with a two by four. Just get mad. Philippians 2, 6 says, Jesus, Jesus, he's talking strictly about Jesus, who being in the form of God, this was God incarnate. He did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. But he made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. There was the key. How did he do it? Through humility. We walk with too much pride and arrogance. We forget, we forget that Jesus went through the same stuff that we went through. <laughs> I say that and then this is what I heard. This is just that 
I'm sorry. He walked through everything except marriage, so he can't tell me how to be married. And then, then it hit. Now, listen, all this just happened right now in about a three-second period. It just kind of went, whoo, shoot, boom. He didn't get married. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He got married. He married the church. The church is his bride. Boy, don't you know he got his hands full. I'm okay with what I got, baby. I'm sorry. I'm fine. I'm fine. Now, see, y'all can talk to Moses and Abraham. I'm going to sit down and talk to Jesus and go, how in the world did you put up with that woman? How did you tolerate that woman? Y'all with me? This is important because it tells us that our Savior lived as a human, earthly life, and all its struggles and pressures. He, he went through it all. And he knows and understands our humanity. See, we, too many of us, we go, well, it was just this, it's this spiritual being in the sky. And he went, zap, let there be man, and zap. And then people get frustrated. But he don't even know. Oh, yeah, he does. He, he's, he's lived in your shoes. Matter of fact, he did it before you did it. You got a trunk full of t-shirts. He got, he's got a universe of t-shirts. He's been there and done that. Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. It's okay to be weak. Man, if we would walk in the, in the form of humility, if we would walk in that form of humility, we too would understand that Jesus walking the way that we walked and knowing what we know and has been there and done that, he's the exact one that we need to go and stand before and say, Jesus, you did it. Tell me how. But we won't do that. We don't like Jesus telling us anything. We want Jesus fix it. That should have been his last name. Jesus fix it. But it wasn't. He was at all points tempted as we were, yet he was tempted without sin. I, blows my mind, but he done it through humility. He, he knew, he knew what his purpose was on this earth. And he walked out that purpose in humility, disregarding anything and everything that could take him and move him astray, looking at his disciples and calling them Satan, telling them to get behind him, going into synagogues, preaching things that was blowing people's minds, turning tables upside down, telling them that he was going to be the perfect lamb, that they would no longer have to do bulls and goats. This was a man that came, regardless of how he was going to make you feel about it, he wanted to give you the truth about it so that you could be set free. Timothy, you must also remember that the incarnation and the resurrection of Christ is the very heart of the gospel. We too must remember this and must also present it with untainted 
want to preach. Unadulterated conviction to not cause the gospel to lose its power in which it convicts the hearts of men. Church, we're not remembering Because now we will fix the gospel in such a manner that it tends to what people want to hear. We no longer give an unadulterated gospel preaching form that convicts men's heart. We don't tell men that if you're living with a woman and you're having sex outside of marriage, that it is considered a sin. We want to tell them, well, in the eyes of the government, in the state of Virginia, if I've lived with them for seven years, I'm married. And in the eyes of the Lord, it's a sin. And you're Okay, you said it. And you're going to go to hell, you keep on playing. We have tainted the gospel in such a way that people are okay in their sin. We must not be unduly concerned with pleasing people. <laughs> We're doing the, the name change from one church to Gateway. Oop, I put it out. It's out. We're, we're going, <laughs> never mind. And in this process, we're changing our website. And in that process, I'm having to speak with someone about building a website because I'm ignorant about building websites. I can't do that. So they're putting me, they're making me tired. They, these surveys, I've done this twice now with them, and I've got three months of this stuff that I've got to go through. They're asking all these questions. And she'll tell you, you asked me too many questions at one time, man. I, I definitely get a purple head and just. But I'm, I'm having to deal with this process so that I can get to an end. Nobody wants the process, they want the project. I said, well, that's why I hired you. So he said, well, you don't want me displaying who you are. I can't wait for Saturday. We go hammer on identity hard. But I said, okay, I get it. I kind of understand it. I get it. He goes, well, let, um, okay, so, and when he asked this question, I, I got tight under my collar a little bit. He said, so what do people expect from you when they come? I said, I got mad. It's the whole problem. I said, I don't want you 
portraying us as the coffee shop. No, I don't have a Starbucks inside a church. I said, I don't want you telling people what I got for them. I want you telling them what God's got for them. Stop coming to church to get a hot cup of coffee and a glazed donut with sprinkles. Come to church to get your fire lit. Come to church to get your wood, your wet wood, dried out for a minute that God can work inside of you and cause something different in your life. Stop coming up to the house of prayer and worrying about all of the things that we have going on. Do you have this for kids? Do you have that for you? Do you have this for young people? Do you have that? Yes, we got it. It's called the unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ and everybody needs it. But we have gotten to the point we have stopped remembering. I'm not trying to preach hellfire and damnation. I really ain't. Help me. I'm really not. But listen, we need to understand that the gospel, that's the power. Not how animated your preacher, he's just wired up. It's, it's not about, and it is about this too though. Because he came for the poor and for the widowed, for the broke. So that, that's, that is what this is about. See how we done flipped a switch? Now we're trying to do something for other people. See how we done flipped the switch? Now it ain't wondering if it's going to be... 66 degrees up in the, it's too cold now. See, here, let me turn that up. Here, Jesus. Here. Welcome to one church. See, I try to make it comfortable for you. I really do. But I'm more concerned about where you will live for eternity. Oh, and I got news for you. Oh, I'm going to let the cat out the bag again. I'm going to preach a sermon on heaven and hell and its reality. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. And what we're going to do, I'm going to hurt your feelings. Because too many of you are sitting in church and you're worried about going to heaven. If all you're worried about is going to heaven, live your life how you want to live it. Because the sinner and the saint is going to heaven. Now the sinner might not live up there. <laughs> but he's got to go. He got to go and stand before the judge. See that. Listen. I don't want you. Why do we get all mixed up. And get all of our emotions jacked up. When people are talking about over in the glory land. And stuff like that. I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to be. I don't want to be a part of a church. That is talking about a heaven over yonder somewhere. I want to be a part of a church. That's walking in the midst of heaven. Right now. Because it, in the word it says. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On earth. Yeah. This, is, this is not about getting you to heaven. It's about getting heaven to hear. Yes. There's going to be a new church. I asked them. I, asked, I look. See, 
don't you get too close to me because I'll call you and quiz you on the phone 8 and 9 o'clock at night. I ask her, what's the purpose of a new heaven? If it was created for God to dwell, but the new Jerusalem drops and God's going to dwell with his people, what's the purpose of the new heaven? That's just some of the stuff we're going to talk about. Don't forget the gospel. See, we, we've, we've got our minds set on glory land and, and walking the streets of gold. It, okay, that's great. What happens when he says, going down? <laughs> and he hits the button in heaven. Huh? What happens then? Going down and the new Jerusalem. We, we, we have to stop focusing on just getting to heaven. And we need to start focusing about dwelling in his presence. And you can do that right now. We got him in a box, man. Oh, I know. They talk about it, you know, his presence. You got him in a box. If you let him out one time, he might destroy your life. In a good way. In a bad way if you're selfish. Let me finish. Let me finish. I don't understand. <laughs> I just, I, I, because I just, listen. If we forget the main thing, what's the purpose of anything else? He took on the same flesh that you and I did. So that he can experience what you and I experience. And show, so that he could show you how to live it out. See, I am not. We all have fallen short. That's how it's. it's we we all, all have fallen short of the glory of God. Does that mean once I get filled with the Holy Spirit that I'm still going to fall short? Why? See, I'm trying to open this up like a Wednesday night, and I can't. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, YouTube, Facebook, thank you for stopping by. We love you. This is not for you. I'm just going to step out in some deep water here, okay? I want you to ask yourself this question. Just, I, I want you to just to consider this. I'm not saying this is fact because I'm, I'm still studying and researching it. But I, Have we been taught? Not saying that we're going to be perfect. I'm saying is it possible for us to be sinless after we accept Christ and we're full of the Holy Spirit? That's all I'm asking. That's all I'm asking. If I can enact humility 
and give way to the Holy Spirit, not like church people. See, you, you have to erase some of the mentality of how we're taught. If I'm given the same Holy Spirit that had enough power to raise a dead man, and I can initiate humility in my life, not self-centeredness, not selfishness. Yes, I'm, we are going to fight flesh. I'm not a believer. You can believe what you want to believe. I do not believe we fall into sin. I don't believe that. Sin is a choice. I don't believe you fall. Falling represents out of control. I don't believe that we fall into sin. We make a choice to step into sin. See, some of you are not going to like it because now I'm saying it's your fault. You want to blame it on the devil. The devil, may, the devil can't make you do nothing. God can't make you do nothing. Why? Because it's against his word. Not that he can't. It's just against his word. He said, here's earth, you have dominion. But if I enacted humility... And I've got the same spirit as the Holy Spirit. I've got the same spirit that Jesus had, the Holy Spirit. And he's living in me. And I have surrendered my life. There's a problem. See, we're still rabbiing. We're not lordshipping. We're still calling him rabbi, teacher. You can talk to us about it, but we just don't want to be made to do any of that. Lordship means, God, whatever you say, I'm going to do. Is it possible that we can live a sinless life once we give our heart to Christ and we're filled with the Holy Spirit and we enact humility and we go after God as intended? Can I just... Let me throw a side note and we're going to leave. I don't know how long Adam and Eve was in the garden. I don't imagine they were there just for a couple minutes. Because it said that he would come down in the, in the, in, in the cool of the day and, and talk with them. So at least two days, John. Let See, I want, to get, I want to get in your mentality. Let's just say they had two days of a sinless life. They had the Spirit of God. Did they not? Am I still in the same Bible that you're reading? He formed them and blew the breath of life. That was the Spirit of God. Now they were tempted. She made a choice. He made a choice. It was a choice. Do your own research. Get into prayer. Ask daddy.
I'd like to know too. I'm still looking. Have we been taught? Well, you're not perfect, John. Was this a tainted gospel? John, you, you're going to fall short. Every, you're going to sin. Every, was this a, an adulterated gospel? Well, you're not going to be perfect, and you can't be perfect. And you, I'm not saying be perfect. I'm just saying sinless. We might have to do this on a Wednesday night. I'm just, I just want to provoke you. And I am open for somebody going, nope, nope. I'm waiting. I'm not saying we're going to be Jesus. I'm just, I'm, I've got to look over the course of the Bible that is presented to me. And there was a man and a woman that was created and walked in the perfection of an unadulterated, untainted gospel. Wasn't really a gospel, but it was a relationship with God. The only reason we have the gospel now is because they said, yeah, we'll eat that apple. Yeah, I'll look at that woman three times. With lust in my heart. Yeah, I'll cuss that person out. Yeah, I'll be angry at this person. Listen, are y'all hearing me, saints? Every sin you commit, you choose. Now that is one thing I want you to prove me wrong in. Every sin you choose... I'm going to just eat my cough drop and I'm going to let you go. <laughs> Y'all want to hang out till two? We'll go eat lunch together. I'm just, a lot of this stuff, I just want to stir you up. I, I want, I want, because what this does, it causes you to be provoked and it causes you to get into the word of God and it causes you to dig and it causes you to ask. See, I'm trying to help you work on your relationship with God the Father. If you can spend more time with him, the closer your relationship becomes. Now, if you go into there with this little haughty spirit of yours and you say, God, you show me, I, I can do it, then you can go through this and you can probably find some proof text in there and go, nope, he was wrong. If you are intentionally about proving me wrong on it, you're probably going to find something that you can twist up. But I'm just telling you, before you bring it twisted, you better get it right. Because I'm, I'm going to check it, and I'm going to take what you got for me, and I'm going to look at it, and then I'm going to put it to the Bible. And then we're going to go through it, and we're going to go through the Hebrew, we're going to go through the Greek, we're going to go through it all. We're going to get the context, but just something to think about. Aren't y'all glad I asked you that?